welcome to On and Off the Pitch. That's right, you heard it, On and Off the Pitch, the pod chat with the edge, sharp, razor sharp, <laughs> and providing that kind of precision. It's Emma, Emma's back. Ah, yeah. <laughs> shots fired. Oh. Yeah, I know, crazy. <laughs> yeah, shots right. fired in the WSL, we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, topics for today, Birmingham win away, the mighty Quinn, uh, top three push in the WSL, and the FAWC title win and relegation drama to unfold. Uh, oh, we was, I know, I know, I know. But before we jump into the football, Emma, what's going on? How you been? Oh, mate, I've not been well, to be honest. Dislike's not doing me any favours either. Um, no, I'm, I'm, is. Yeah, I'm feeling all right. I've had a bit of a viral thing going on, but uh, yeah, doctors were kind enough to give me a bit of time and uh, get me what I needed. So yeah, on the mend. So you actually got in to see a GP? I'm joking. <laughs> I didn't actually. I got time. I got a phone call um, and I got what I needed. So You got a WhatsApp. You got a WhatsApp. Yeah, I got I got a little phone call, which was nice. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a bit of a rough goer to be fair. I've just felt under the weather for a, a while, and I just think it's it kind of caught up with me a little bit, which yeah. prevented me from going to the game to be honest on Sunday. So I was a bit bit gutted. I was all up for it, ready to go, and then and just missed... had a really bad night and just felt really out of it on the Sunday. And you missed the drama, the drama. That, drama. Yeah. The drama. Look, right, I want to start with the WSL, right? First game that I caught at the weekend um, was lucky enough. Uh, Birmingham winning away. Now, I have to eat a bit of humble pie. Oh, not a bit, not the whole pie, just a bit of the humble pie. Because I'm sure a few pods ago, both you and I were like, Birmingham's going down. Mm. Yeah. You know, I, I, I watched that game and I have to say that they're really making a, an effort to stay in the WSL. Mm. Did, they not, did they not have a bit of a surge last season as well, where they kind of hit a bit of form towards the end of the season? Yeah, yeah they did. But I'm, I mean, this, I mean, that performance against, against Brighton, against Brighton away mm. was a really good performance. Mm. Brighton are a good team as well, especially on home soil. I know, I know, and this and this for me was why I mean I called it the mighty Quinn. When you when your centre back is scoring goals, right, <laughs> and and doing them, you know, not just one a game but two in a game to to make it convincing, then you know that you're doing something. Mm. You're doing something right. And it's and it's demonstrating to those that are watching that there's a little bit of fight in this team. So a little bit. There was a lot of fight in that team because they were really. It was a defensive, counter-attacking display of a team much further up the league. Yeah, or looking like at least they should be. Definitely. Uh, I think uh, Birmingham. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think a lot of people have got a bit of a, a soft spot for Birmingham. You know, they've had a 
been through the mill of it, let's be honest, in the last few seasons. I've, I really think probably since the departure of Mark Skinner, to be all honest. Um, it seems to have just been a bit of, bit of a downward spiral, um, you know, not getting the right people in. But then obviously then a lot of things going on behind the scenes as well that I feel have played their part for Birmingham. And, you know, it's it's been a bit of a tough tough ride, especially for the fans, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Birmingham are one of those teams that can take you by surprise every now and again and just show that they've got it within them. They've got the fight um, and the character to kind of get those results and I think, like you said, on paper, this one is perhaps one that was already written before the first, the first whistle had even been blown, you know what I mean? Um, but fair play to them. You know, it's a big result, like you say, you know, for Quinn to, to do as she's done and have a brilliant game individually. But I, I, I don't necessarily think it's about individuals. I think it was a really good team performance as well, which I think will give them a little bit of... Um, Hopefully, a bit of confidence, uh, you know, in this last few games as well. Uh, look, it, it was a fantastic performance. There were they, they were very smart on the counter attack. They knew how to hold the ball up. They knew when to run into space. They beat the press. You know, very resolute at the back, and 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 Quinn to get two goals. You know, away from home. Yeah. This is this is the, this isn't just the three-one win at home. This is away from home when your back is up against the wall, and it it now puts them into not say that they can escape relegation because they've been nailed on for a good few weeks, uh. but it makes it interesting so much so that Leicester have to look over their shoulder and think if we slip up, we are in trouble. Yeah, I think as well. I think with Birmingham, I think. Coming out and getting the early goal, I think, was a bit of a game changer. Mm. Uh, just because it allowed them to to put their backs up against the wall a little bit and make it difficult, I think, for Brighton. Um, you know, and and they they kind of should have really had the upper hand in that game, but it also felt like Birmingham were dictating it a little bit and just allowing them to to play their kind of game. And I, I think, they've, they've, again, they've shown really good football. And listen, it, <laughs> it's saying you've got a uh, face in a couple of games time. So, hey, hey, <laughs> you know what? One of those games that I spoke to you about where I was looking for, you know, a good, strong result where, you know, we were talking <laughs> the other week about uh, goal differences playing a part. And these are the sort of games where you kind of, you can, Expect to hopefully get a few and, and a few more <laughs> to, to the tally. So, yeah, um, it, it it certainly makes that game look a little bit tougher for us. But yeah, Birmingham, fair play and, and well played to them as well. You know, it's yeah. it's it's great to see. Yeah, do you know what? <laughs> that result all of a sudden made it really interesting. Not just even for the bottom two. It made it interesting for the top four or top three. Yeah. Top three. Uh, yeah, top three. I, mean, I think I think it's fair to say I think top two is, you know, beyond everybody else at the moment. But in terms of that top three um finish and, and that final Champions League place, yeah, it certainly throws a bit yeah. of a spanner in the work. Yeah, look, right. But I need I want to go through the results, right? I need to, <laughs> right, look, I've got a salute. Salute Quinn. Salute you. Two goals, tops, brilliant yeah. performance, but 
brilliant performance from Birmingham. Craig will be super happy. Super. Very happy. There will be a lot of happy Birmingham fans. Oh, gosh, super happy. In a season where it's been, you know, really difficult, not many positives, you know, I think that is massive. I mean, I don't think it's quite up there, obviously, with the Arsenal result, but I certainly think it's in contention um, in terms of how much... Oh, how much it could impact their their final standing within the table you know so many games only a few games left to play and you're really thinking at this point of the season things can usually are usually decided you know you know what's left to fight for and it just kind of just throws a little bit of petrol to the to the fire a little bit and gives it a bit of it it, it does it does (laughs) it gives it gives it (laughs) um right look the, the scores in terms of the, the fixtures for the WSL, all kind of predictable, apart from a couple of results. Um, definitely Birmingham 1 wasn't one of them. Manchester City playing Leicester was a predictable result. Manchester City get the goals. They they make it interested in terms of goals scored, goal difference. Um, 4-0. Happy? I wouldn't have expected anything less, to be honest. Um, oh. No disrespect to Leicester. Uh, Lights. But, you know, Leicester have had a, a shoddy season. Um, they've not really delivered um, yeah. or that much. Uh, I'm quite disappointed, to be fair, because I would have really liked to have seen um, Leicester kind of light up the WSL a little bit. Mm. Just for obviously what to they, they bought to the championship, and not only that, just for uh, their application and how they do things and their philosophy and their ethos, I suppose. Um, I like that, you know, and um, they've they've got a lot of players that have been offered less than that longevity and kind of been in it and and committed to it, and yeah, they just kind of had their moment. To, to come in and, and show us what they can do and just really not delivered. And it is a bit of a shame because, um, I again, Leicester are a team that I, I, I like. They should be in the WSL. And, um, yeah, it, it, it's one of those where you look at and, I just you know, you kind of – it is a predictable kind of – it's a game where City can go and get a good result and get a strong, competent win and – and that's just what they did, to be honest. It, there wasn't really that much that Leicester kind of offered. Um, and City were just able to play their game, play it well. And it was just a professional performance, I, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, good good for Manchester City in terms of goals. Yeah. You know, and, they, and, you know, they needed it. I think the po- positive, one of the, the biggest positives, I think, to take from that game was obviously Blackstead had started the game. She got her goal. Um, and she's a very young player. And mm. I think she's got the makings of an excellent player. Um, and just to get that, to see that and have her play some good minutes and see what she's capable of and what she could potentially bring to the squad in the future. It's really exciting, uh, and I enjoyed watching her. Yeah, it's funny. She it, it says that she's a midfielder, but she played. <laughs> yeah, she played at the back. She played left back. 
Is that yeah. is it is this something that Manchester City management keep doing when they keep putting midfield players like you know? Do you know what? We've got a few left footers in the squad at the moment. <laughs> at the moment, and uh, I, I'm actually pleased to see him utilizing the the strongest point of the game. Um, and you know, it was a cracking goal as well. A well taken yeah. goal, first time finish. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I'm I'm pleased to see that. Um, you know, I think what you know, we're we're showing that we're not dependent upon the likes of. I work for players like uh, Ellen White and, and Bunny Shaw, who probably haven't had that many goals to their to their name this season. We've had a very strong spray of goals, especially in the second half of the season. So, um, if that's something we can obviously carry forward uh, into the next season and build on or build around, then I think that's that makes it look a, a little bit more promising. Um, and I'm quite happy to play that way. Um, I feel that even though perhaps those the likes of like like I said, Ellen White, Buddy Shaw, perhaps not gotten on the goal sheet all that much, they are contributing in other ways. Um, so I, I, I do feel that the performances are more of team performances at the moment. They seem very cohesive. Uh, the communication seems a lot better. We're getting there. We're getting stronger. Uh, we're coming more resilient, which is is really good. So I, I definitely think there's a lot more positives to carry forward. Yeah, it's it's looking at the graphic in terms of the the WSL. It had Ellen White in midfield. <laughs> I'm like, really? Well, you know, I'm sure she'll give it a crack if she's gonna. <laughs> you know, yeah, what I mean? I mean, I was... isn't it? I was looking at the graphic thinking, yeah, is this the kind of disrespect that yeah, Manchester City are showing? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm thinking, you know, a Manchester City, that bowl that they say, yeah, Ellen, we want you to play central midfield because it's only Leicester. I mean, like, really? Is it? Yeah. I was, the graphic has to be wrong. Has to be wrong. It's just looking like, it's, not sure. Yeah, it's a funny old game, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> we've seen like random things this season because you know it's yeah the way the season's played out but yeah i don't think she'd have been happy well look um in terms of the league table right and obviously manchester city's win is good it pushes them up or makes sure that they're in in fourth place a point behind a game in hand against the other manchester team manchester united who who who, who, who played aston villa and you know, as I like to call it, the never-ending Carl Award audition for a job that's not available. Um, but yeah. you know what I mean. There's an infinity there, isn't there, for some reason. You, you, um, know, what I, you know what I mean. Yeah. You know I mean. Um, listen, if this had been any other team, and I'm just going to put this out there, if this had been Arsenal or anyone else and they'd been saying at this point they've bottled it well and truly. Um, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I don't know. I, I, I. To be honest, I'm expecting United to win that game. Um, I think it comes down to the last day of the season, um, and I think they've messed it up, quite simply. Well, you know. <laughs> um, you know, you can't listen. I can't you, say you, anything you... else about it because I, I, I just, I just kind of feel it's a missed opportunity. Um, and you know they've they've performed all season United. I'm not going to take anything away from them because they've been a great side. Um, but I feel that 
it is a missed opportunity that they should have they should have gone there they should have won and it's yeah it's it's not very good yeah Yeah. well look you know in terms of the game points are shared um for for the um it's it's like my audio sounds a bit sunny funny i hope it's not too too bad for anyone else um I don't know. I, I thought it was because my dog just. Well, I'm not. I'm not my dog. I'm babysitting somebody else's dog, and the dog just doesn't shut up. <laughs> so if you random barking, that's what that's it. That's what that is. It, it might. I might have to change audio stream in a minute at this rate. Um, for Manchester United, it's point shared, right? With Aston Villa, who you know will see themselves just above those at the bottom. But like you say, it's been in the driving seat and having someone in the back seat lean over and say, oh, I, I can drive. And it's just kind of fallen away. I don't see Manchester United finishing as strong as Manchester City in terms of the game. Manchester United still have to play Chelsea. Yeah. You know, and I don't see Chelsea relinquishing any points in the league. You know, they want to make sure that they win something. You know, Emma Hayes is, I don't care who we play. You know, it's a final. And every game for for Chelsea because they know that Arsenal will not stop is a final mm-hmm. you know, that's that's the bottom line of it yeah um, it is I, I think you can say that for you know City as well as every game feels like a final at the moment yeah. you know they're big games despite who you're playing they're games that you want to to win and, and you need to win um and I just still don't think United have got enough experience, enough quality. They've got quality players. I'm not going to deny that, but I think it's about getting the balance. And I think that's important. And they have got some bright stars, you know, bright talent within that squad that, you know, yeah. if they nurture and grow, they will eventually become, well, they come, you know, to the, to the forefront, I think. But for now, the experience is just as important as the 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 talent coming through, um, and I, I know that we they like to give us some stick for having experienced players within our squad, the likes of you know Ellen White and um, you know Lucy Bronze that's passed it or whatever. Uh, <laughs> um, you know Steph Horton and and those types of players, but they are very important, and they play an important part. Um, and I and I just I don't think necessarily United have got enough depth, um, to to hit those kind of levels just yet. They've shown that they can do it without doubt. Uh, and I know there's been questions asked of of Mark and what he can bring, but. I think I believe I believe Mark is the right choice, the right manager for for United. Um, it it is just about kind of fine tuning and, and kind of just filling in and identifying those sort of gaps that they need that strength and that experience. Um, because I feel that is the the thing that they need to do just to get them to that next level. And it's not going to take much, maybe one or two. Um, yeah. And and then it'll just start coming together. I really feel that. Yeah, I, I know that the conversation about whether the manager is the right fit is an ongoing conversation. Yeah, yeah, and there are lots of different views, lots of.
different opinions on him. Obviously, I think it's harder for United fans because they probably are a bit late coming into the women's game and obviously haven't seen, um, you know, the history, the games that have sort of backed up his career and uh, those sort of big moments that he's had as a manager. Uh, you know, perhaps a lot of them have, have just seen, you know, the work that he's done on Orlando and and that wasn't necessarily all that successful. So, um, yeah, it, it's a tough one to, to judge, I think. Um, but I do think he's with the right um, financial kind of backing uh, from the club uh, behind him. Uh, I think, given time, he can he can do and achieve with United. Yeah. Um, I, what I will say, and I don't want to dwell too much on on United because we've other things to talk about. When you look at the lineup, and, he, and I like Haley Lad. I, do, I just think Haley Lad is is the protection any back four needs, and you know, particularly yeah. when Manchester United are out. But experience, but, yeah, experience. But to play to, to play a centre back. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously she's preferred position. I mean, I don't, again, she's not one of those players that I think has had, has been utilised in the best possible way. I don't, I don't think she's played anywhere near enough minutes as what she should. Um, I think, again, one of the players for me that just shuns, shines week by week by week is, is Golden. I think she's fantastic. I think Honor's been brilliant this season, without doubt. Um, yeah, and, and possibly could leave. And, and yeah, I mean, there's her name's been obviously well, linked. Barcelona want her back. Yeah, like, and you know, she's she's been outstanding at times, you know. And but you find this, you know, you find this with every team, you know, the players that are really showing their worth, out that are outstanding, consistent, week in, week out, putting the performances in, they're gonna get linked with other teams. And that's just the way it goes, you know. It, that and that's the same for you know City. That's the same for Chelsea. That's the same for for Arsenal. I mean, look, you know, look at the whole Medema sort of situation at the moment. Um, yeah, names are always going to get banded about, um, and it's now up to the clubs whether they can tie these players down. And um, I think it's always pleasing when you know if Honor decides to commit to United, um, I think that's a big marker in terms of the kind of belief within the squad, the belief within the players that Mark is doing good by everyone and that his ideas, his philosophy is one that everyone is taking on board and willing to kind of get behind. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens come the summer. Obviously, there's still a few games left to play. Um, I think obviously with the Euros as well, those sort of deals you want to see him done now because come come the Euros, you know, it could be an entirely different situation if they go and perform on a on a global, well, an international sort of stage as well. Um, again, you sort of open yourself up to more interest if you're kind of not just performing on a club level, but on the international level as well. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's a tough one. Especially yeah, going to a major tournament as well. Yeah, it is. I'm gonna I'm gonna say we'll move away from Manchester United per se. Um unlucky didn't get a point. Well done to Aston Villa to get a point against Manchester United is always yeah, good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna 
Villa rattled through the scores of the weekend. Uh, Reading at home against West Ham, they lost by two goals to one. Uh, happy days for the Hammers there. Nice for them. Uh, two goals in the second half. Um, Chelsea score all four goals in the game. They win 3-1, um, which is something special, really, because Chelsea are not a lot to get in on the goals, but not against their own keeper. Uh, I saw that... Um, uh, and Katrin Berger was was sent off the uh, red card. It must have been difficult to to win a game with 10, 10 players. Um, I guess when I say it must have been difficult. <laughs> yeah, must have been difficult for Chelsea. The, the sarcasm uh, just didn't come across there, and I you just delayed. <laughs> it's a bit of a unique situation, obviously. Um, I think uh, yeah, it, it's probably one that. Chelsea fans are what I forget, to be fair, but, you know, these things happen. Uh, I remember being uh, with Chelsea scored an own goal, an own goal in um, a cup game. We played them for a semi-final. I think it was a Conti Cup or something like that. And, you know, it just shows that they're, they're human too and, prone, you know, people can make mistakes. So Yeah. And uh, to be honest, I have there, has there been many own goals this season in the women's game, in the WSL or Championship? Like real, like real clangers. Clangers. You know, yeah, you know, back passes and a bobble wound. Yeah, I haven't mm, seen any real seen clangers like that for a long time. Lot, one, no. of, <laughs> one of my favourites is always the uh, Abby McManus uh, <laughs> back pass. I, I knew you was going to go there. <laughs> it was a, oh, I still, still lose sleep over that one. Honestly, it was the right clanger. I think they brought it up again in an interview not too so long ago. What was your worst moment or most? Oh. No, it was the most embarrassing moment for Ellie Roebuck, and she, oh. uh, yeah, she referenced that goal. It was a, it was an absolute shocker. I don't even think I've seen one like that in, in any, uh, any uh, game I've ever watched. I don't think as bad as that one in any arena. Right, and Arsenal win three 0 against Everton. I've got to say something about Everton women. I know at the beginning of the season, you and I talked nonstop about Everton being challengers, being in the top three. You know, what I say about Everton men to my friends, I call them, and this is, I will get a lot of stick for this. I call them like the walking cemetery. They're a mobile. Because, yeah, they are. You know, because that's, in terms of Premier League football, that's where footballers who don't do good enough for other teams go. Yeah. That's I, it. I think you it's know, a look, bit harsh for me to be fair. But... No, have, you seen, have you seen where they are in the league in the Premier League? No, no, no. That's not hot. Listen. No. That, I just uh... <laughs> they've got they've got some real triers. I like what I like the boy Watson. I like um Richarlison. I like the Richarlison. I like them. But in terms of what that current manager now, you know, Frank's having to deal with and and the mindset, it's like so people picking up wages. It's it's like they're ghosting. <laughs> they're ghosting through games, but not yeah. in a positive way, you know. But you know, um, Everton women, yeah, you you lost. 3-0 against Arsenal. It's no shame, you know, it's, it's no shame because that's what Arsenal do. It's at that level. But yeah, you know, I was very harsh there, but it's, you know, it's the banter. And yeah. It was, it was cruel, but necessary. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, was I, necessary. Think, I mean, to be fair to Everson, though, I mean, it weren't till the second half, was it, where they kind of held them off for 45 minutes or so. That's fine, you know. That's that's fine, you know. I'm just. They got you know, a goal in the 
the late late on in the first half. So I think I don't think they did to go, I think to go into half time probably one nil up. Yeah. For Everton, I I, I think you know they did all right. <laughs> well, not the, not... Again, it's one of those games where you kind of think, well, given sort of Everton's form and. And how they've been, you know, in terms of recent results, it's it it didn't look promising for them, uh, you know, before it, it again as before it even kicked off. So, um, I, I just I think Everton, a lot of teams in this league at the minute are just dying to get to the end of the season. Um, you know what I mean? I I, I just think, I feel like they just want to get to the end of the season and just. Write it off. Yeah. Well, look. I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this before. I'll say this before we go on to the championship because I've got to do my review. I went to a game, uh, as I do. Um, Everton, right? They've conceded like thirty-eight goals. Leicester, fifty-two. Birmingham, forty-four. Yeah. So if if Birmingham go or Leicester go, then Everton, knowing what they know now about their season right now, have to do a lot of wholesale change. And and yeah. not necessarily in terms of personnel, but in terms of the way they go about the game, because you can't concede that many goals mm. and it not have an impact on you going forward in the next season. So I think impossible. as well, like, if you... But the thing is, like, the most frustrating thing about the whole Everton situation is it is a strong team. It is a... Strong team full of of good players uh, that have been competent, getting results. You know, if you look at last season, you know as, I, the biggest mistake they made was getting rid of Willie Kirk. Right, look, look. <laughs> they just should have given more time. Um, and I, and I think that's you know if they look back and if they're honest with themselves, they'll find it. That, that's the answer. <laughs> Biggest mistake was getting rid of Willie Kirk. Listen, in, a, in, a, in a league where you, there are only 12 teams, some jumped too quick. Yeah. It's that it, simple. It came, when it happened, it came as a massive shock. Um, you know, and they, they've just paid the price, I think, since. Yeah. I, I think it absolutely shook them. Uh, I think it, it disentangled it orientated the the logistics of everything that was going on there and I just think they've just not found themselves since yeah. um, and I, I, again I, when you look back at the start of the season and the pedestal we kind of put them on um thinking you know this is this is this is going to be a big season for Everton yeah um yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, just, I don't know how they're going to come back from this. Um, I think it's going to take a lot of reflection and a lot of character building um, because I, 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 th- I really do think they've been a bit bruised by it all. They, they probably have been very bruised. Um, like I said, ghosting, or as I also call it, the mobile cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> it's harsh. But it is what it is. Anyway, we're going to go and talk about the FAWC. Um, we're going to talk about the game I went to watch, which is Palace Watford. It's all happening in the championship. Nana! Has anyone seen Nana Palmer? Go big! 
Now, I'll say this. You know, what happened to Bristol? Feel for you guys. Feel for you guys. My camera looks, it looks faded now. My microphone's okay. It looks like I'm, it looks like I'm a ghost. As long as you can hear me, that's the fact. It looks blurry. It looks blurry. It's almost like I've been on the juice. I thought it was me. I thought it was my eyesight. No, it's, listen, as long as you can hear me clearly, that's fine. The the visuals are relevant, irrelevant. Um, In terms of the game, I will give you recaps, my little uh, take on um, what Crystal Palace versus Watford. Um, Nice weather. You know, lots of smiling faces. Uh, The 4G pitch looked lush. Uh, children, lots of children there gathered in small groups, clusters. I heard them singing, come on, palace. Uh, very friendly atmosphere. Attendance of 464. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, and that's all before the game. Uh, a London derby. Watford needed to win, right? They had to win because, you know, Coventry, the whole thing. What, what would happen? Uh, palace wanted to make sure that they continued the good form that they had. Um, and, and... The game wasn't even on the FA player. Can you believe it? Wasn't even on the FA player. Um, they were comfortable in the game. Uh, passed the ball very. Oh, what I've got to do? I've got to say shout out to Mike from Eagle Eyed View. Saw him. Saw him. Had a nice chat before the game. Talk tactics. Um, yeah, um, Crystal Palace played really well. Uh, comfortable throughout the game. Um, they also had to face, apart from Watford, a couple of their former players. Uh, which was, you know, kind of strange seeing them in other color, team colours. Um, so Watford definitely needed to win. And I kept checking uh, the phone to see the scores like the other guys. Uh, and when, once Coventry scored and Crystal Palace were by, by that point were losing 2-0, it, we all sensed that it was going to be one of those afternoons. Could Watford get back into the game? They had plenty of pressure in the early stages of the first half and in the second half. They couldn't apply the final finish in terms of, of, of scoring a goal, but it did cause some problems, in my opinion, but the manager will say otherwise. Um, <laughs> and, 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 you know, when you see that the, what, 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 what to do well is they move the ball very, very well. They've got comfortable players on the ball. Um, George Yu, uh, Stobbs, uh, Fife, I believe, they move it very, very well. Um, Crystal Palace, they found it difficult at the beginning. The first, I'd say, 10 minutes to find their passing rhythm. Um, they had a five at the back or wing backs, um, and they had two centre forwards. They had Sharp and Farrar up front, and Baptiste on the bench, which is always kind of I always kind of raise an eyebrow when I see Baptiste on the bench because electric pace and like causes defenders no no ends of problems. But they changed the formation, and I will say that from from a Palace point of view, when I watched them when they scored the goal, which was a very fluky cross stroke whatever someone will say it was deliberate but came it looked like it came off the crossbar hit the post and then hit the keeper and went in it was it was pinball um once they scored their first goal they seemed to find their groove palace seemed to find their groove it was almost like it settled their nerves and they had more shots on target more shots on goal lots of good passage of play from both teams um i mentioned uh Georgiou, who we used to play for palace you know, disrupting lots of Palace attacks, stops playing out of midfield, playing at right back for Watford, seems strange. Um, Ward for Watford, who's a, usually a central point, was playing out wide, again, seems strange, didn't get that, but that was the formation they had. 
Um, from Palace's point of view, for me, I say Haynes had a very good game. Um, really impressed. Um, Sibley on the right hand side of defence. McLean as well. Um, was on McLean. McLean. I hope I, I probably pronounced that incorrectly as well. I'm going to get slapped for that. Um, Travelling with the ball very well. Wilson, like corners, free kicks, really good. Uh, I've got to give a special shout out to Lizzie Waldy. Um, Lizzie, you've got to start shooting, please, when you get to a certain point. Someone from the Palace backroom staff needs to give her a video. No, they've got to. Do you know what I mean? She's got to, yeah, they've got to. She's got to start scoring goals. That's from me. I'll tell you to your face as well. Uh, lovely player, but she's got, she can, she could go so far. It's like she's, she needs to be told. Um, uh, for two guy, Dada. For Watford, really skillful on the ball, link up play good. I mean, it was a good game to watch. Lots, I, I, I enjoyed the championship, as I said many, many times. But from Watford's point of view, it was a game that they desperately needed to win because it would have sealed it for them in terms of making it definite that they were going to stay up. Coventry goal win against Lewis, like I mean, like what the hell is that? And it all throws it up now because there are like this is the do or die game. This is the game, the next game that they face one another. Um, Watford versus Coventry, it's one of those. It makes it, it's who's going to stay up. Mm -hmm. and, it, and, it, and it is uh, very, very interesting. From Palace's point of view, um, you know, happy days for them. Um, you know, to win their final home game in front of their fans, really good for them. Good buzz in terms of the atmosphere. Um, the players were happy, the fans were happy. Um, and it was nice to see so many children around by the pitch signing autographs or getting autographs from the players and getting pictures taken. And I just thought, yeah, this is nice. This is this is this is nice, but not live on the FA player. And I just think from the FA's point of view, going forward, if they're going to use the FA player for any of the games in the championship, please, 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 can you include the clubs? Can you include the clubs or at least include include the, the supporters groups who are doing their bit so that they can add some kind of sense to the commentary or some know-how or knowledge it just makes it just sells the product in itself that that's what i would say uh we do have uh post-match comments to listen to from the manager gotta find it uh where is it and uh, i'll play that now mr davenport was very happy <laughs> where is he where is he at the there is. I thought we played really well. I thought the first half, I thought we was outstanding. I thought Vanderbilt century, they couldn't cope with us at first. Um, obviously, into the second half, it kind of levelled itself out a little bit. Thanks, Churchy. But still, to come away with the win. Um, last game of the season, sends everyone home happy, I think. You faced a couple of your old players today. What was that like? This is Strange, um, because obviously I've had quite a few of them players for quite a few years at some at one stage of obviously my Palace tenure, so to speak. Um, it is difficult at times, but at the end of the day, as a manager, you're there to win, um, and you've got to try and block them kind of emotions out of the game. Um, I try to do that. Um, it's difficult, but at the end of the day, like I say, I'm at Palace today, no longer here. Um, I'll say hello and everything else in the bar, but at the end of the day, I'm here to win. That's yeah. that's that's what we're here for. No, fair enough. Happy? Very happy. He was just laughing. Happy? He goes very happy. I'm buzzing. I'm happy with that. He was super happy, and you know, he, they've worked on a lot of things, Palace, and they've had so many different players. 
they've had loan players come from like I think they've got players from Spurs, they've got players from Arsenal. I think Hennessy, young player, um, Pierce, really, really good players that have bedded in. And, and you look at them and you think they're a nice, good team. And, they, you know, they work really hard. They're, they're part-time. They're on a the budget. They've got their fans there. They're trying their best. And, I, and, 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 and at, at this moment in time, you know, they're playing for third, space, um, third spot in the league. And I'm like thinking... I've said it before many times, Emma, you've heard me, that the WSL doesn't have enough teams. Doesn't have enough teams. And any of the four teams, it doesn't matter who they are in the championship, can go up and add value to the WSL. And I know there will be those that say, um, you know, oh, but they'll get beat. They'll get beat three or four nil. Yeah. So, so that's happening already. It doesn't mean anything, you know. Birmingham will get beat, Reading will get beat, Brighton will get beat. They get beat those those schools. Bristol will beat them by those schools. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And I spoke to one of the backroom staff at Palace, and I said, you know, you've had like two weeks since the last game. And I said, what do you think? She said there aren't enough games in the league. The players are itching to play football. Yeah. But, but 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 when we've heard the conversations and you've you've been part of the conversation, you've heard them and you've seen them on Twitter. Can't have too many games because the players are tired. I've never seen a football player tell me I don't want to play football. That's it. I think game players, professional players, they want to be playing week in, week out. They want to be playing to games a week you know they want to have probably have a game on a Wednesday do the recovery and have a game at the weekend you know what I mean that's for the love of the game you know what I mean it's just it's the only way we can move forward and look you'll say that you know these teams necessarily haven't got anything to play for with a, a, a second place finish a third place finish in a championship but they're playing as if they have they're playing with passion. They're playing with belief. They want to finish as well as they can. And that's because they love the game and they're dedicated and they treat it professionally. Um, and yeah. they should be treated as professionals. Do you know, I'm kind of reflecting back to the conversations we've had where they've talked about and I'm, the last pod chat we had international break why now mm. what you know we, we we watched the lionesses you know okay i didn't watch any of the games i don't know who they played i don't know how many i'm sure they scored like 50 goals in a game and everyone went, oh, <laughs> and you know playing against part-time internationals but you can't then look at your own league and turn around and say the part-time teams in the championship need to be full-time until they get to the you're handicapping yourself I would has I would actually hazard a guess, right? That because of the success of Barcelona in the Champions League and the success of them actually filling the stadium, the, the, the new camp, that the the hub of women's football in terms of growth will not be based in the UK. It will be on mainland Europe because they will see that they can generate the income. They will see that they can generate the interest and they will increase the size of their leagues. Mm. For whatever reason, in the UK, there is this hands behind their back approach 
oh, we're not quite sure. Ooh, we're not sure if we can do that because the rule. I'm like, seriously, I've never known a footballer say they don't want to play football. Yeah. But everyone else is speaking for them and saying they're too tired unless it's an international. Yeah. Come on. I, I do oh. think I do think obviously with with COVID, we're still obviously there is still an after effect of that that's obviously pushed the women's game behind, obviously. Yeah. Um, we're we're now looking ahead to the World Cup before we've even played the European competition. You know, it, it's it's just so intense the schedule in at, at the moment um, on an international sort of level. And I and I've said to you like before, you know, there are players individually that haven't had a break. You know, um, when you look at you know Tokyo, you know Euros looking ahead to the World Cup, the qualifiers, like literally um, the sacrifices that these players are making is incredible. Um, and again, it goes back because for the love of the game, you know, they are, they want to play, you know, there are opportunities and they're rising to it. And, you know, it's, it's, a very unique situation, I think, it, that we're in at the moment. But when you look at domestic leagues and the pyramid, and you know, we speak about pathways uh, and all these buzzwords that the FA just keep dropping every now and again, and it's like this, you know, you want to hear this is what you want to hear. We want to hear that officiating is going to get better, um, the leagues are going to grow. The, the FA Cup prize money is going to increase. <coughs> Excuse me. And, you know, all these conversations have been highlighted um, in in recent months and especially this season. And I, I think it's all... It's all great, um, but we need to see action. And I think at the moment, it's all talk and sort of trying to appease everyone with... The conversation but there's little action and I think it's going to be interesting to see what actually gets kind of announced or put into place come next season um, and what that kind of roadmap is going to look like for the foreseeable future of the women's game. Yeah well I'll tell you what right you used, you used all the right phrases there are buzzwords some of them are distracting buzzwords because it's like oh someone says a pathway oh what does that mean? <laughs> and, um, yeah oh yeah we're going to do that and you, you're right and you use the word sacrifice okay i get it footballers want to play football emma they do doesn't matter who they are they want to play football and they want to play more football and if you're a professional you definitely want to play football and if you've got fans coming to watch you you definitely want to play football absolutely you definitely like what people are coming to watch me wow people are there are actual kids and there are people in the crowd in the stands that have got flags, that have got our name on it, got my name on it, players are turning up, or sorry, fans are turning up, male, female, young and old, with players' names on the back of it. What? What? You don't? Oh, oh yeah, I'll play football. But there are too many individuals who are like me and you who sit at home and say, yeah, the, the players don't want to play because it's, 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 you know, it's tight. It will tire them out. Do me a favour. It's rubbish. They're professional. Rubbish. They're elite athletes. And it's not just about what the players are doing. 
it's the access that the club have got as well. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, to, it's, to, it's, it's, it's a joke. It's a joke. Yeah. I've heard that argument well, and I listened to it and it's, I thought to myself, it's a joke. The sports science that backs everything up when it comes to players and their physicality and their fitness and is treated the same as any other league. You know, some not all clubs, I appreciate that, not all clubs, but and I, and I know it's it's oh for the elite teams um the accessibility to some of the things that the men have access to like the likes of Chelsea the likes of City the likes of Arsenal you know the accessibility at that level I know it's not the same for other clubs throughout the leagues I know that and I know there there is a a lack of transparency transparency as to what that kind of looks like for other clubs because that is where the money i think the money comes in and the 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 the, the distance that you see and the 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 gaps in you know where the likes of city united and chelsea and and arsenal are where the likes of maybe perhaps like i don't know your West Ham, your Bristol, your Villa, you know, there is still a lot of work to be done and there is still better better um, implementations of, of resources that could be put in place to help bridge that gap. But um, it's kind of getting there. But it's going to, if we think it's going to happen tomorrow, I think that's, un, it's unrealistic. Do you know what I mean? I think yeah, we have to be real in all of this that unfortunately the women's game doesn't take priority ahead of the men's game but they like clubs like to be seen to be doing and so showing their support in the best way possible and giving them all the right kind of accessibilities and the, everything they need to drive it forward and until we get to a place where um you kind of see uh, other clubs kind of getting on board and kind of giving that investment or the investment that has been provided to teams in the women's game is being utilised in the areas that at the moment teams are struggling. Um, I think there will always be a gap. Yeah, no, I, I totally get what you're saying. There's a couple of points that I'm... No, yeah. no, no. I think what you're saying is right. I've got to say hello to Stuart. Stuart is, is arrived. He said he's missed a few minutes. Don't worry, Stuart. You That's can always right. watch it back. You, nothing much was said. Um, <laughs> 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 nothing much was said. Now, what I will say to, to you, Emma, about the, the um, I mean, we've had the conversation before. We've mentioned it before. I think fans have said it many times many, many times about the accessibility and about the growth of the game. You know, my, 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 my call is very simple. My shout is very simple. You increase the number of games in the WSL, you increase the number of teams in, in the championship. And, and this is what I'll say to you. There are a number of players in every single team that have probably played like four games this season. Four games. Yeah. Um, I'll take for an example. I don't want to go away from the, the championship, but I will use Manchester City as one. If there were four more teams in the WSL. Um, what, is the, what, what are the chances that Janine Becky would have been seen in a Manchester City shirt eight more times than she has this season? Yeah. 
Do you understand? Very simple, very simple maths. And because you've got at that level of the league, players who are sitting around not playing football, they move on because the league isn't big enough. So that's the, that's the problem that the WSL and the championship have. When you've got players of a good level, that will get poached and play and go and play elsewhere because they've got a league that's got 16 or 18 teams because yeah. they'll get to play football. It's no, no, but Emma, it's not even just attractive. If you're a 21 to 33-year-old individual, you want to play football. I don't want to play five games a year. Mm. I want to play. I want to, I'd want to play. So I, the, the conversation is very simple. And from the championship's point of view, They've got one one team promoted, like, right? We all know Liverpool. If they had either bold, as I've said before, four teams going up, doesn't matter who fought the fourth top four, they go up to increase the WSL, or they do a championship style playoff. Mm. They do three, and they make the teams that are finished in second and third playoff. To get up to so what you do is you generate the interest because if you don't generate the interest at football and you say well the fans don't come the minute there's a playoff game everyone goes oh playoff and they go and watch it it might not even be your team you might think there's a playoff game I'm, i might go and take that in i'm interested in seeing the league grow i'm interested in seeing more football games i get bored when there's no football at a league level I don't care about the World Cup unless it's actually the World Cup. I don't care about I don't care about qualifications. I don't care. I don't care. I just want to watch. Stuart's just put a message on, and and that was exactly what I was trying to say. Um, the league is not big enough. Oh, yeah, but there are only also a lot of teams who talk a good game. But the reality is that they presently cannot cope financially. Right, and don't have the resources with the sides already there. And okay, right, I take that on board. And I think that is absolutely right. But I think about football, we always make it about money when it should be about actually seeing the players play football. Mm. And this is the bit what I mentioned right at the beginning about the FA player not showing live games and about the FA who are struggling right now. And I'm going to say something to you about, you know, football regulators and the government looking sideways because I don't trust the government. <laughs> But, um, <clears throat> you know, if you have the FA and they say we want to grow the game and you've got the FA player and you don't have live games and then you've got, for example, you know, Eag Live U, you know, you've got the Sunderland Roker Report. They want to, you know, OK, we're going to show that we'll get them involved and so they can do co-coms and we can get someone from Blackburn do co-coms and we can get someone from Charlton to do co-coms. You include the fan base and then you grow the fact because they're going to grow the game. Yeah. If and you're that... sitting around in a suit going, we haven't got any sponsors, no one's coming to watch the games. If you don't use your smarts to do that, then you're an idiot. I think we've all been on the back end of some really poor commentating this season. <laughs> I've heard some John Wright shockers this season, oh yeah. Oh, but you shit. know, if people there are a lot of fans that are committed, dedicated, that know the teams, um better than some of the clubs to be fair um, and you know there are a lot of dedicated fans that love the women's game as a whole yes. and, and you know not just their team but can that know a lot about the history surrounding the women's game you know I don't want to hear about the Nando's 
that you went for last week. You know what I mean? I love old-fashioned commentary, you know, about the game. Because a lot of the time, you know, if, if, if if you can't watch the game, you're either listening to on the radio. And, you know, I know there are some people that still kind of, tune into the game and the only way that they can listen to it is via the audio on the stream and they don't talk about what's actually happening in the game they just chat shit let's be honest (laughs) um so i mean there are some really good uh commentators don't get me wrong but uh, i think research is is vitally important um and there are some that do it really well um but yeah I, i do feel that we're not the FA don't necessarily or clubs don't necessarily utilize their fan bases in the best way because uh, yeah. they are the core and heart of of everything that the club does um win lose or draw you know they've got their team they they you know they've got their back and um they'll still be shouting from the rooftops and and backing their team all the way regardless of positions results it doesn't matter to anyone um you know you know, you've, you've got the start of the season, you know, you've got uh, 12 teams essentially that all believe that they can win the league that, that season. Mm. You know, right. why not? Yeah, you're you, right. You know, why not? Yeah, um, good comments. So thank you for the comments, Stuart. He said, uh, I think London Bees, I did like London Bees as well. Um, a team that have been ripped apart since their relegation. So many teams have been in the same position, don't actually want to get promoted, which is sad because every team should want to get promoted. And uh, Craig has said, preach, Emma. Preach, Emma's at church. Remember that. <laughs> yeah, the FA player audio is just the video audio with no thought for the audio only. <laughs> Listen. It really, really, it really winds me up. On the very rare occasion... Um, oh, I can't get to a game and I have to listen to the audio only. It's oh, utter crap, honestly. Right. They need yeah. to do better. Yeah, do you know what? I haven't been on the fan collective and I, I, I might need to send them a message. But I think generally going forward, I think either the FA need to really go and speak to the clubs about or the fan base and getting the fans involved with co-coms on the games, especially games that aren't live. Um, and I think the clubs as well, at no expense to them, need to speak to their fan base about doing a Twitter space and a Colcoms, you know, with the fans to talk about what's going on with the game, talk about the crowds, talk about, you know, what's actually happening in the ground. And, and that in itself will kind of drive interest if we're just expecting it to be a voyeur's experience where people are going to watch it and not be involved. It's not going to work. And you and I and, you know, Craig and Stuart, and just uh, uh, endless conversations, Ali, DM, Shahan, you, you name the, everyone, the, the all for United crew, everyone's been saying the same thing for weeks, for months, for years. It's you know, it needs to change. Um, Craig says, what did he say? Says, what did he say? I was in the car and we've limited signal on the motorway. <laughs> 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 it wasn't possible all the way. He said, he said, passenger, I must stress. I've got, yeah, you were the passenger. That's okay. Right. I know, I know Craig's not a rebel. He does everything the right way. 
<laughs> the right way. What I need to do is quickly rattle through the results um, of the championship. So, okay, so the Watford game against Crystal Palace, you know, really put the cat amongst the pigeons in terms of the final game. Uh, made it interesting in, in terms of the top of the league because Palace are third, looking to make sure that they secure that point, I think, in terms of third. I have to double-check that. The game that really threw me in terms of um, form was the Bristol game to London City. Now, Bristol were in a good form. They are in a good position. London City go away and win 3-1. They win 3-1. And that and that really was, for me, um, as, a, as anyone seen Nana Palmer, moment because I thought whoa what's going on there uh Charlton beat Blackburn um, away good good result for them Liverpool put on what I call a football clinic at home it's um where they literally probably throw up a PowerPoint present presentation and, and say here's six of the best to Sheffield United because that's that's um something special uh Durham win uh, uh 3-0 and Coventry you know, has, has risen a one nil win against Lewis. Um, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. I've said it before, and, and this player signed for Liverpool, I think in January or December, Stengal as a striker. Yeah, will, will be of interest. She will be very interesting to see in the WSL. Um, central figure player holds the ball up well, has an eye for goal, and is very tricky when in the box good technical you know and 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 not just uh, 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 um, when I say good on the ball can take the hit from centre-backs you know yeah. robust can take the hit um Stuart says a little mention of the FFAW I, do you know what I don't do enough of the F the 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 National League finals day I have no idea I, I have to go Stuart I'm really really sorry I think I need to kind of get you on uh, to talk about the National League stuff because it's 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 escaped me. I, I think my brain capacity has only has so many characters, like Twitter. Um, uh, Craig, we did mention. Uh, I'll say we did mention um, Birmingham. So the great the great escape is on. The great escape is on. We did mention um, Birmingham, and I was very impressed. And so was Emma. And I'm eating humble pie on behalf of, of that result as well. Um, it was massive. Uh, Emma, I've got I've got I've got to put this question to you. Mm. And I know we're running a little bit over, so apologies. All right. Football regulators, do you trust the government? <laughs> Why are you making me answer this question? Um well, I think it's just a question, you know, it's not not just for you. I think generally <laughs> anybody at the moment <laughs> in the government uh who do you trust um no no i mean the football regulators the info the news that i was listening i was listening to talk sport danny kelly yesterday with a couple of other journalists and i just thought to myself that the government are trying to make sure that there's going to be a football regulator the premier league don't want a football regulator because they run football the fa are too busy walking around with their head in their chin pretending they run football but they don't actually run football anymore and i'm like thinking the government the guys headed up by boris johnson do they have the integrity to put things in place that will help other people hmm 
I don't think so. Um, and that's <laughs> <laughs> I just don't I just don't trust them. I don't, I don't like trust, I don't, I don't like trust them. getting into politics. I think yeah. it's messy. Listen, yeah. there was an argument about bringing politics into football, and I think there is a time and a place. Um, and this does simply not warrant that at the moment at all, in any way, shape, or form. But, so take your little ideas and go away. But it's come from <laughs> it's come it's come from the fan led review, which we were I, all a part of. I know, but I just I just it, what, the, the, I, I just I I do not see. I'm I'm all for fan consultation. I'm all for listening, and I'm all for you know there are some really good ideas and I think fan consultation is the very most, the heart of everything within, particularly the FA, I think moving forward is vital because I know obviously through through liaison with the FSA that there are a lot of conversations to be had and there are a lot of ideas shared and some of them are very important and they're very important to be highlighted and to be implemented. Um, and I think this kind of goes a little bit deeper um, for me. Um, and I, I just think it, it, I don't, I don't see how it, how it can prevail as a, as a good thing, if that makes sense. Look, it's got that man's signature all over it. It's not going, apart from it not making sense, it's probably being done for all the wrong reasons. Mm. Yeah, that's just, just, I won't go into any more. There's, there's always kind of like uh, a bit of a hidden agenda and I don't like getting into agendas and I don't like, like you know, that kind of thing. And, I, you know, unless there was absolute clarity, which I don't think, with anything government-wise, we're going to get anytime soon. Uh, with any matters well, relating to anything, uh, clarity. I think you might find out. Government and uh, yeah, the government and clarity just don't go together. I, I think I think you'll be told to wait until after the the Sue Gray report for clarity. But, yeah. Um, so yeah, I just for me, it, it's just I don't know. Don't worry. Look. We'll leave it there. I'm going back to Stuart's point. He said a little mention uh, for the FAW National League Finals Day. He's given me the information. Uh, Nottingham Forest 2, um, AFC Wimbledon 1, and that's the plate trophy. And also for Southampton 3, yeah. Huddersfield Town League. It was the League Cup, so hats off. Very good celebrations for the Southampton game as well, as well. Really good. Yeah, for Southampton. I don't know enough about the National League. I've spent far too much time watching Championship and WSL and and um, the Barcelona stuff. Barcelona did it again. Big crowds. That's all I can say. Did it again. Did yeah, it again. unbelievable. Unbelievable scenes. Um, yeah. You know, and it is just kind of making everyone, I think, just take notice that a little bit more. I think the, the interest, obviously, is most definitely there. I think, you know, it's shown that um, there is a, an audience that we're not tapping into, I think. And I've said this on Twitter. I've said it to you before. I think the fans that we need to 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 get in are the fans that are associated with the, the men's game. I feel that they're, they're an audience that, you know, we target it at families, we target it at, um, you know, 
the tickets, the affordability, you know, there's no reason why we can't get people back in the stadiums and getting, you know, fans returning game by game. And I think families aren't necessarily coming game by game. I think they're coming as and when they want, they want to, which is great, you know. Um, but I, I feel that there is a, a product and a good product um, that essentially the, the men the stigma surrounding the women's game. I think it's about changing people's opinions about the women's game and actually sh- showing that they they can play like professionals. Excuse me. That's all right. I'll save you there. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, I know you're not. Well, you stayed with me. Thank you. What I will say is I don't necessarily agree fully about the, the, the fans from the men's game coming over. I think what clubs need to do, because taking what I saw against uh, during the, the Palace and Watford game, lots of groups of kid children there with families. And I think it's they, they need to tap into the schools in terms of bringing those young people to come in and watch the game via the school. And, if the, and this will fall into line with the pathways. It will fall into line with trying to increase um, um, football for girls in schools, it will fall into line with all of those things. If you say to a school within an area, this club, this women's club, they play games here, we have access for you at a reduced cost and you can come along and watch the games. I don't think it's going to be that men, the, the, the fans from the men's game will, 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 will transfer over that simply because they're, they're embedded. Yeah. They're locked in and it's and there will be a con you know a conflict in terms of timetable and and cold hard decisions about how much money am i going to spend i think there is that as well i just feel that um with the men's game i think obviously there are a lot of dedicated fans um and i feel that you know if we can move past this kind of a situation where the the clashes are cropping up and there's more consideration for obviously kickoff times and scheduling and things like that, which has always been an issue for the women's game. Um, then it may improve, it may get better, and you may get those regular fans back in and and coming and watching games more often. But I kind of feel like it is a big task, a big challenge, and I. You know, it's great that we're getting these, you know, massive um, attendances that are really setting the marker, you know. And let's be honest, you know, we're, it's, would we probably ever see that in a women's game? I, I don't I don't even necessarily think we would see that in this country. I really don't. Um, and that's not me putting, putting the game down. That's just me being, you know, realistic. We don't even see it in the men's game all that often, let's be honest. So... I just feel that, um, yeah, it, it's it's been amazing because it, it you know it just shows you know how far Barcelona and Real Madrid have come in such a short space of time. Really, if you think about you know what they put in place and how as sides and clubs they've developed. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's all credit to them and the work that they've done. Um, you know, I remember obviously when you know City when Tony Duggan left to go to Barcelona and at, at the time it was like they were just sort of becoming this big side, you know, it's Barcelona and everyone was getting excited about them and and now, you know, fast forward a, a few seasons down the line and they're like one of the biggest teams in Europe competing 
for the biggest tournament in Europe. And it's just incredible. It's mm. a period of time, you know. And I, as a City fan, I kind of look at it and think, wow, you know, Leon, like we spoke about before, Dominic, Dominic dominated this game for mm. so long time. And now there's fresh blood and it just makes it all that more exciting. Um, so, yeah, it just goes to show if you, if you can do it and do it well, uh, you reap the reward of it. Um, and I think, as for me, that's what I want my club to inspire. Not to, to be pulling in 90,000, but to be, you know, make believing that they can compete and compete on this massive stage in Europe. Uh, with you know so many people watching and it's not just about getting fans through the stadium but the fans watching at home as well I think there's been a lot of interest on a global scale with it too yeah yeah I, I, I agree with you I agree with you uh comment from Craig says I think kickoff times are, are now at the mercy of Sky which we all know so yeah. we'll miss out um I will say one more thing and this is um in relation to the National League uh Craig's comment uh, Southampton will take on Wolves for replacing the championship. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it because it's all about the championship for me. Emma, we've run to time and I know that you've got to get your tea. And the water. And the water. Um, it's been good. It's been good as, as always. The frequency isn't as 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 frequent in terms of the pod chat, but we'll be back. We'll be back soon. Not so how soon, but we'll be we'll be back soon. Um, definitely got to talk about things before the end of the season. Uh, Emma, thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's all right. Are you still on Twitter? <laughs> yeah. With all this out and must stuff or whatever, I don't, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be on there. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, mm, yeah, no, no comment, but I think people are looking. Anyway, um, that's it from us. Emma's here. I'm Rodney, um, that guy who, you know, used to do stuff. Uh, but occasionally I do stuff. You can follow the podcast on On and Off, the PIT1. Um, and that's it, really. Uh, if you're watching this back again, thank you. If you're listening to this on the podcast platform, thank you. Um, this was The Mighty Quinn. Uh, I'm Rodney. She's Emma. See nothing but the mighty Quinn. Boom, boom.